You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, I'm the host of this wonderful podcast, and join me today because it is our final, our last one, the end of our free agency preview, Mr. Tony East from Forbes.com. Westside Nebus News and my wonderful co-host. Tony, how are you doing? I hope you don't mind my throat being just a little bit sore. You know, we all have sore throats from celebrating in Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a lot of screaming last night. Just so excited. So I was so excited for, for Pike native, former Pacer Jeff Teague. I was screaming all night. You know what I, what I, what I realized? What? Now every team in the Central Division has won a championship in the last 20 years. 25 oh, yeah. years, 25 years, yeah, 25 years. Yes, yeah, that's cool. That's uh, good is it thing. though? Because the Pacers haven't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can we can always hang our hats on the playing in the hardest division in the NBA, right? <laughs> Something is like there that. A, well, okay, I know, I know we're gonna do centers, we will get there. Is there a division that has had as all of the teams win a championship, right? In the last, let's say, 30 I, I years, I don't even want to think about it because no one who's listening will care. They okay. want to hear about free agency, even uh, though this is easily easily the most boring position to conceptualize for the Pacers not unimportant and there are there is I would say one guy that I think even if they don't do anything makes a little tiny bit of sense on the Pacers but yes the center position is extremely weird for Pacers free agents Baron it's Baron if they don't make a trade it makes no sense yeah, so we always start these shows. The chronological order is why they would sign a player at that position, which for point guard through power forward is pretty easy, right? At power forward, small forward, and point guard, they have a free agent potentially departing the team, unrestricted, Ethan McConnell, McDermott, and Jakar. At shooting guard, they have a lot of depth, but you know a lot of guys who play that position can play one, can play three, right? There's a lot of reasons for that, guys. At center, they have Goga, they have Domas, they have Miles. In a pinch, they have O'Shea, who played 41 minutes at center in a game last season. They have Brima on a two-way, potentially. So, just if they just go into free agency, they just walk in, they're not going to sign one. Like, we know that. And and especially if they, like, draft one and with the 60th pick or something to be one of their, their you know, two-way guys, there's just no way they would sign one, right? So, the, that first segment of the show, why would the Pacers sign a center, is a little hard uh, because it's all it's all hinging on the two things. One, we know that that Turner has been you know on the trade block in the past, and maybe they decide, or maybe you know Carlisle comes in and says, you know, I think we'd be better if we deal this, or the team finally gets the right offer for him from someone who needs a center. Uh, you know, who knows? So that that is one reason they could end up needing a a big, but still they would have Sabonis and Goga, so they need a third big, or maybe they are keeping Sabonis and Turner, so they decide, okay, keeping Goga is dumb. We're wasting this old top twenty pick. Let's move him. We still need a third center in that case, right? The only way they would need a center would involve them trading a center, but even then, they're still signing a third string center. They're they're not going to ever be looking at a backup or a flashy starter or anything like that yeah i mean there there is a world where they sign a center but it's probably the the like al jefferson type role that actually was probably overpaid right because he needs to have a huge contract at the time but like that al jefferson third center role uh who's played in the past besides is trevor booker would he play the old center role for a little while one of those seasons like the third center on the team at one yeah, point he, uh, remember ek anibogu yeah ek uh, did 
He played third center for a little bit when they had some injuries uh, in the Kevin Pritchard era, at least like they had the French uh, Kevin Serafin. Yeah, I mean, Yamahimi did back in the day. I mean, go back to like 20. Yeah, that's that's pre-Pritchard, I guess, if we're just looking at the Pritchard. Yeah, era. I'm just saying like, like the, what I'm trying to say is the guy who's been in this role has been somebody's limited, whether it's because they're young and still developing, like Yamahimi was his first couple years where he was just like, wasn't really like probably good enough to be a, even a rotation player, but just was out there to draw fouls when it mattered at time for the Pacers, um, especially in some playoff games. But yeah, I mean, they're just not, they're not looking at any of the top tier talent because they have two centers who are in top, when we say top 50 players in the league, one probably in the top 30. And they have a backup center who, you know, we don't know is, but is a first round pick that hasn't really had any chance to shine. So like there literally is no point in signing any center of any kind that isn't just not going to play. Well, unless this like, the chance they trade Turner is probably below 50%. The chance they trade Goga is probably below like 15%. But it's not impossible that a situation arises where both are dealt, right? Like it, That seems ridiculous, no? Does it? Yeah, because if you trade Turner, you think they you think they're that down on Goga? I mean, right? No, I just think he could be a, an interesting piece in a bigger deal though. Oh, you mean oh, okay. But like do you think he not they've not traded Goga just to trade Goga? Like Turner yeah, what obviously team- what team wants two centers? Unless you're doing like a three-team or not six in or... the same trade, like Turner to whoever Charlotte because they've been interested before, and then some other team is interested in Goga who picks like 28 in this draft or something like that. Yeah, but I think that's kind of dumb. Unless unless you really, I don't go... think they should do it. I'm just saying it's not impossible. Yeah, but I guess. You then, to... But but even in that crazy scenario that you were calling dumb, which is probably correctly, they would still only need a backup center. <laughs> no, I guess my point would be like. If you get rid of one of the centers, you have to really think Goga's not going to be any good because we don't know yet. We haven't seen right. him play. Oh, I still think Goga's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, he might be. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. He's played basically no <laughs> significant minutes in any games at any at any time in his career so far. So, like, you might as well just get a year to see what he can do instead of going out. Unless you, like, really don't think he can do it, you might, you're better off if you get rid of, let's say, Turner or Sabonis. Just seeing what we got out of him at the backup center spot. And the worst case is you go get a guy in the buyout market because centers are, like, pretty easy to find or somebody can kind of play center. Like I feel like the Jakar level players, the Booker level players in the past, Trevor Booker that is, are like, you can find them if you need to, if you really need this like backup center in case somebody's hurt or you need this third center thing, you know, kind of spot. So we, we talked about at other spots, how like at shooting guard specifically, you could sign a guy who could play, but who is like primarily a two, but could play one, could play three, whatever. This is the only sort of squint your eyes reason the Pacers would sign an air quotes center. Uh, would be it's also a guy like Jakar played backup center in the playoffs two years ago because of other injuries, but like he can play four and three. So like in theory, if someone on the Spotrack list of guys can play four or like honestly has four skills, but has played center most of his career. And we'll talk about, I think two guys on this that kind of make sense, but maybe not. Um, that's a reason you might sniff at him on a minimum, like to fill that Jakar Sampson role, even though they've been a center for most of their career. Like Jakar was a small forward before coming to the Pacers, and he clearly moved into a more post role. So perhaps the opposite's happening. But even that, they wouldn't play that much. Yeah. Do you think, like, most players – I mean, because well, looking at the sports track list, right, like players almost don't want to be classified as centers, right? Because it, it is obviously, like, one of the least – right paid positions right i mean it's the weakest um, list we have out here but like most centers don't really get paid the way like if you're a, like the average forward is i guess right looking at the average center i don't think it matters because the nba is just shifting to skill at every position and a lot of centers aren't skilled so if you're a skilled center you're gonna have a market right and so like rashawn holmes we'll talk about the guys over the mle in a second rashawn holmes might be 
He's in the top three for sure. Best center for agents this summer because he's got, he's good on the glass. He's got a nice floor game. He's got a clever little floater. He's got skills. He's not just uh, a pummel the opponent rebound guy that like you can recycle through a hundred of them in a season. What so no, I don't think the center designate the center designation matters. I think that that a lot of times centers just happen to be unskilled players. And we start to learn Rashawn Holmes is all classified as a power forward on basketball reference. I mean, I know he is a center. I get that. But yeah, like, he's a I, I just think I think <laughs> sometimes there's this and he's basically played all his minutes. Well, actually, last year played all the center and the path has been kind of somewhat split. Um, but I, I think there is something about like a lot of these players that are like maybe would be centers in the past or like are the more modern center really close with the power forwards. Like I'm thinking Bobby Portis, right? I mean, I moved from last show, like he kind of played center at the end of the game. So Giannis did too, but like he was kind of the de facto center when Olympus wasn't playing, but like only he'd ever class as a center. He doesn't want to be a center. Cause it's like a weird spot to be in. I don't think he cares call- about wanting to be a center. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's some like, there's like weirdly, like you get less money. I think if you're considered a, like a, a center, maybe I don't I'm think not. that's a thing. Okay. I, mean, I, I I feel like there's Kelly just like Lennox played like center air quotes for the Rockets last year. You know what I mean? It's just a that's the kind of thing that that makes some sense to me is like a yeah. guy who can be three four guess, or excuse I, me I, four five. I just the right way to put it is most of those guys who are the kind of tweeners are not classified as just centers. They're more than more classified as power forward, right? A Lennox classifies as in the power current forward. NBA climate, I guess. Yeah, yeah, in the current NBA, yeah. Has anything to do with their perception? That seems maybe, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Maybe I'm drawing a lot. I just think that I just think that most centers are not skilled basketball players, so they're not good in the NBA anymore. We'll talk about many of them coming up. Yeah, I mean, this. this, So, before we get talk about players, like, do you think the Pacers actually need to sign a center? I mean, I I know it's kind of not a chance. Oh, you think think Uh, that that is too aggressive? Please listen to the rest of the show. Um, (laughs) low chance because Brian is still on that two way, right? Like even in the direst of scenarios, they already have like a third string if they really need it, just sitting on the roster. Yeah, you really it. do need three centers, though, in roster because centers also get hurt more, I mean, because they're banging yeah, bodies. They, even if they lose one of their, their guys, they have three, right? They have Sabonis, one of Goga or Turner, and Brima. And I know Brima's not reliable yet, but, you know, it's it's it, it'll be the last thing they sign if they do get one. Well, you forgot they're going to draft that guy from Texas and have – Five centers. He is a perimeter guy. See, that's that's another four or five situation. Right? Is that is it Kai Jones? Is that the it is Kai day? Jones? Yeah. Man, I, I listen. I've done a little bit of draft prep. Not a ton. Not going to be. Hey, let me tell you something about Kai Jones. He's very good. He worked I'm out sure for he is. In, a, in a small workout. The Pacers will not pick him. If they pick him, <laughs> I'm, 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 I might quit this podcast, honey. I might, I might be done. Wow, very extreme. <laughs> well, I mean, centers, man. They've taken. They <laughs> have like seven of them. It feels like. Yeah, seven it, good ones, like, but they can't play them together. Anyways, um, yeah. Any any other reason why the Pacers would. Need to sign a center before we talk about players. Um, unless there's like some unforeseen award next year for like the team who signs the most centers gets like a buy in the first round. No, I do not think of any other. All right, let's just let's take one quick break and then we'll talk about some of the fringe centers who might get over the MLE and some possible uh, backbend for the Pacers. But first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto part chain store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the computer orders parts on their computer using the brand and warehouse that happen they happen to carry. You have a computer that's rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Save time and money with rockauto.com. Why spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership 
Rock Auto, the family business serving do-yourselfers for over 20 years. They're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need on their website, brake parts, tail lamps, motorhomes, and even new carpet. So go and explore their easy website today and find a solution to your auto parts need at rockauto.com. And when you're there, write locked on the how to hear us box so that you know that we sent you main selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So before this show started, Tony came on and said to me, man, I'm not even sure there's three guys who get over the MLE in the spot. And this is uh, basically to show that this is one of the uh, weaker probably the weakest free position by far. And maybe like one of your free classes, like of all, all time at, at this position, frankly, there's not even like a top tier guy, frankly. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it's the weakest position this year for sure, which kind of bodes well for the Pacers who need other positions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And the way, the reason we demarcate the MLE is if it's anyone over the MLE, the Pacers would have to sign and trade for that player, given their resources and, uh, relationship with the salary tax or the luxury tax line this year, excuse me. Uh, they they would almost certainly, unless something unbelievable, I mean, like hysterically unbelievable happens this summer, would have to sign and trade for said players. So I like to think of, okay, who are the best guys that they could get? And then who are the guys that are out of their price range? Well, at the center position, there's, there's no, no one. Their price range. There is no one out of their, realistically out of their price range. So I will say that's not true. There are two guys who are kind of out of their price range. But also, the way Spotrack lists the players it's based on their salary from last year right which is a good kind of way of 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 having talent in a row except for guys coming off rookie scales but there was one center free agent coming off of a deal more more than the mle and that's cody zeller who's not going to get the mle again so so he got 14 million dollars believe he got that money right in that like weird frames here didn't hear he got it the year after but yeah basically yeah and cody zeller is good like he's a useful nba center but i mean the, the thing about Cody Zeller, his ties to Indiana make him appealing like down the line, I guess, but he, he will not take a third center role. And so, no, he's the, probably still a backup center somewhere. He's too he, good to be, uh, yeah, exactly. He's too good to be a backup for the Pacers. So, unless he's willing to take a minimum deal to not play, he's not coming anyway. So, the, he's not even above an MLE guy, though. So, he doesn't even meet this criteria. When you scour this list, Sergi Baca is the second highest paid guy in this list from last year. He signed for the MLE last year has a player option, and got hurt a bunch. He'll probably opt in, which de facto means he's worth less than the MLE, so he's out. So the best centers on the market this year, the, the, this guy for sure will get more than the MLE. That's Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento yeah. Kings. He was really good for them. Um, it seems like if the if the Charlotte Hornets want to get a center without having to make a trade, he is a perfect fit for them. He was excellent for them last year, over 14 points and eight rebounds a game. Super efficient. I talked about his little floater game earlier. He's a really good offensive player. He would fit really well with LaMelo Ball. I think he will get more than the MLE. That's one. No fit on the Pacers. Makes no sense for them to try to sign and trade him. Another one. This guy's for sure going to get more than the MLE. In theory, the best center on the market. Jared Allen. He's restricted, so that will hurt his value a little bit. But I can see him signing like for a four-for-90 deal or being the Cavs being forced to match a four-for-90 deal. I'm not saying that a team should give him that, but I think he will. Maybe give that's him. that's the New Orleans move, right? They'll, they'll offer him restricted, and then he'll get matched by the Cavs. Yeah, he's he's good too. So those two guys, for sure, going to get more than the MLE. Makes no sense for either of them to be on the Pacers, right? So I just rule them out off the cut. The only other guys who I thought made sense at over the MLE were Mitchell Robinson, but he's a team option at the minimum, and the Knicks are obviously would love to keep Mitchell Robinson at the minimum because then they can have him on the MLE next year. And then I thought about a tiny bit of New Orleans Noel. Uh, he is good. He was very good on defense for the Knicks last year. I'm assuming a lot of teams would like to have him 
for his defense. He's one of the best defensive bigs, uh, defensive rotation level bigs, excuse me, in the NBA. So he's good. Um, and he could probably get close to 9 million, but probably not more than the MLE. So the top centers of this class are not that great. So you're, you think Sir doesn't because he just signed for it and did not play enough games to Correct. to reach it? Because he, he I did think not he, grow his value from last year. Yeah, I do wonder though if teams, because he's not, um, so this is with the caveat, like we we think he's 32 years old. Um, yeah, that's And there's always been some debate, and I, I, I don't want to play too much into that. But like if he is actually only 32 years old, and you, I think he's still a ton of value because he's a really good player, especially at that value, right. right? I mean, he's somebody who, I mean, I guess at some point here was kind of a max center back in like the what 13, 14 season. Um, I just wonder if he gets like maybe at the MLE still just because there's still some of that. Like he was so good in that finals team two years ago for the Raptors. He's just like a really good player, like can kind of play a mix of four and five and stretch a little bit too, which is like, yeah. So I, I want to talk about Sir. I'm glad you brought him back up. In, in an in an ideal world where the Pacers are getting a center, Serge is like the prototype they uh, to me that makes a tiny. They should not sign Serge Ibaka. Well, but they like, that makes a tiny bit of sense. Like since he switched, since he got traded from OKC to the Magic, which remember that was the depot trade, which is hysterical in yeah. retrospect. Um, he has taken over three threes per game, hit thirty six percent of them. Is still a menace on defense and over seven rebounds a game, right? So like he plays inside out really well, and he's a good defender. So like he's a good player. But the reason he could fit with the Pacers is because he can play four and five, and not just five. And if if they go the route of adding a post player, which to me does not make a lot of sense unless they can play four, because we talked about last week, they basically just have O'Shea at that spot. But even Ibaka is more five now than four at this stage of his career. Yeah, I mean, Ibaka is what the Pacers' dream Turner could be, offensively uh, at least. As in his peak, I mean, Turner's better than Ibaka. You think at Ibaka's peak though? I'm not sure about that. Ibaka in one really good year with OKC. Yeah, I mean, I like that. that was. Well, that was the year where they chose him over James Harden, basically, because he had that really, really oh, yeah, good fourth right, season. Right. Um, no, I, he I led I, the league in blocks two years in a row. No, I think that Turner's defensive value is about the same as Ibaka's at his at its peak in the early 2010s, and yeah, if similar offensive values. Yeah, I'd say they're about the same. Yeah, and what I mean by that is they is Ibaka's four to five seamlessness was he played next to what Gasol three years ago? Now we're talking, I think uh, that uh, Raptors yeah. uh, that uh, Raptor championship season. So like. That's what they dream he could be, right? So it would make a lot of sense if you still have terms of bonus to like have a guy who could, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Even if you got Rigo, I'm not sure you, um, Ibaka makes a ton of sense, but he's a good player. I mean, like, you know, if he didn't have a center, I'd be, you know, he'd be a great fit, but they do. They have but none of the right other now. above MLE or at MLE guys really have that positional flexibility that make them interesting in this discussion. Jared Allen is definitely just a five. Rashawn Holmes at this stage of his career, certainly just a five. Mitchell Robinson. Definitely just a five. There are some interesting guys in like between five and nine million range who could play more than one position, but most of the, the the highest level guys in this class are just centers, and that means they're not Pacers targets. They're just they're yeah. just out. So let's let's do that. Let's take another break and we'll do some of the Pacers actual targets at, at this spot because I do think, like you said, there is a chance they do sign one just because they move a center at some point uh, this off season. But first, his Lockdown Pacers podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online. Dot ag, but on ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With the baseball season in full swing, you're heading into an NFL season. BetOnline.ag is a place to track all the action. Get your latest news, odds, and info on the major four sports, as well as UFC and MMA. 
So before the next pitch, head over to Bell on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and kind of information. Don't send signs anymore. It's your chance to get into the game. And right now, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. You get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right. So when we get to kind of this like bottom of the center list, where do you want to start, Tony? Like, who is the most realistic guy you think for the going pacer? I guess I want to start by talking about something about this signing. Okay. Anyone better than Goga is probably out to me because I would not, if, if the Pacers do trade one of Turner or Sabonis and they're running with Goga as the backup, burying him would make no sense to me. None, zero, absolutely zero, especially for a guy who's not starter quality. Right. So anyone that, that is signing with the Pacers is going to know that their role is third center behind Batadze. So that kind of rules out guys who are searching for roles next year. And in my head, you have to think of the guy who's going to take the minimum because investing more resources than that in a third center doesn't make any sense. So anyone who would take want more than the minimum doesn't make sense. You have to think of a guy here who, you know, I obviously talent is ideal and you want the best player you can get who will fill the role, but you have to, you have to kind of balance the fact that the Pacers would be sending a guy to be behind Goga. Who's, who's a center, um, but is taking the minimum and is willing to probably not play like most of the games. And that's why, it's hard because there are a lot of centers who are going to get low money that are like, okay, players like JaVale McGee's on team USA. He, he kind of fits the, he's good and will be cheap next year. He's not going to be behind Goga. He's not taking the minimum. So he's out. Right. So that rules out a ton of these guys that are like, okay, rotation centers, but aren't like high quality either. So I, I think the fence then for that starts in the, what do you want to call it? The Bismack, Biombo, Boban range. So let me do something boring. I'm going to rule out a bunch of guys from this okay. list. So we can skip over them. Cody Zeller, it's going to be too expensive. Robin Lopez, Daniel Tice yep. will want a bigger role. Ed Davis will want a bigger role. Yep. And this cancer will want a bigger role. Frank Kaminsky probably just earned himself a bigger role with mm. a nice uh, couple Maybe. performances in the finals. Okay. Javel McGee will probably want a bigger role. Willie Cauley-Stein will probably want a bigger role. He'll probably just end up back in Dallas. Zach Collins will definitely want a bigger role and more money. Boban, I'll skip, but yeah, okay, that's it. Probably the Boban Bismack range, right? That's where I was kind of thinking. But there's there some names below, below that who definitely that I want to skip really quick if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there's Dwight Howard. Yeah. Dwight, Dwight Howard is gonna want a bigger role. He wants to play. Andre Drummond is going to want a bigger role for sure. I have no idea what's gonna happen to him in free agency, by the way. And Demarcus Cousins is uh probably going to want the bigger role at this stage of his career, though. I'm not sure if he can get it. So anyone else, oh, and probably Hassan Whiteside wants a bigger role. Yeah, but everyone well, else is is a maybe, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's why I said on this list, I kind of got to the Bobon business. Yeah, that brain. area. Yes. I Bobon, I guess, was used to play for the Mavs, right? So there's, there's some Carlisle fit there. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, good call. He's probably slightly above Goga in terms of just like He's definitely better. He's actually right, he's definitely better. In situations. He's and he seems like he's played some minutes for teams that have been decent. So, like, I think he might want a bigger role. Um, that can get us the question. Bismack was, was really good in the playoffs. He was like a 12 points a game, 13 points a game guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I think he might be slightly, but I think Bismack Biombo is like right at this level where, like, yes, he agree. maybe wants to be a bigger role, but probably hasn't and can't get it. But, like, it'd be a great kind of third center because I know he has some energy and he's kind of big, I guess. Uh, and the Pacers are all too familiar with what he can do at his peak. Like he's so. he's an undersized center, right? He's like only like six nine, six ten, right? Uh no, he's taller than that, isn't he? I don't I know. Thought, I thought he was a little bit undersized. Maybe he like, plays bigger than that. And I'm, he does. Oh, he certainly plays bigger than his size. I think. 
Oh, he's only six eight. I take it back. Good job. Yeah. So I I I, I have six nine on Wikipedia, but you know who knows. All right. So so let me bring up a few guys that that sniff that passed the smell test of like maybe to me. All right. If you're ready. Okay. Go for it. One is Luke Cornett, uh, who got traded this season from the Bulls to the Celtics. Why does Luke Cornett make sense to me? He can shoot. He can be on the perimeter. And it's not embarrassing. He's not a good shooter by any means. He was definitely better uh, early in his career with the Knicks when he was taking four a game and hitting them at a league average rate. He didn't do that for the last two seasons. But for his career, over three three three-point attempts per game at about 33%. So like Turner level of three-point shooter, uh, a little worse, but volume-wise. But yeah, he, he can shoot a little bit so you can squint and go, that's a four. He played four for the Knicks, basically. He played alongside other centers. So that's that's a guy that could make sense as your third center, right? If O'Shea gets hurt or something, you can play him at the four next to another center and not be totally embarrassed about what you're doing. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that kind of skill set makes sense for a lot of guys. Because then you have like Tony Bradley and Willie Aaron Gomez, who are both like mid-20s and interesting. Uh, Tony Bradley will probably just re-sign with the Thunder because he's restricted. and I feel, like, I feel like, like it's less a lot of the guys went just back with their incumbent teams. Like the Bismack. Yes. Uh, it just... Because at this spot, it's something where it's like you almost want the institutional like, like knowledge or you know what I mean. Like the guy who's been there who knows how to get along with the training staff knows his role is going to over you know do it and like it just makes a lot of sense for a lot of guys to return to their roles. Like I think you said Drummond is so confused, but I think he's in back as a Lakers. It just makes. Let's sense. talk about another random little tidbit thing that I want to bring up if they're going to do this third center stuff is like if they're if you're guaranteeing yourself or you're boxing yourself it's like we're spending the minimum here or like our resources here are as low as they can possibly go just sign just sign the youngest guy who will take your money right like why not what what is the i guess well you want, like you're a good team you want the best player but like get the guy with potential makes some sense yeah but then you get you maybe get in the sun spot right now obviously they're not that good but like the suns are a team right who came in the year not think they're going to be a championship team also, were in the finals and didn't have a backup center, and that screwed him at the end of the day. Hey, they had Frank Kaminsky, Adam. What are you talking? Yeah, he no, they did have a backup center. He got hurt in the finals. Yeah, no, but but that's what I mean. Then the third center, right? Good right. enough, then you're screwed. That's All right, I mean. you got me. I'm caught yeah. red-handed. Dang. <laughs> well, I actually, probably got you once. I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, Adam forgot about Dario, but then I no, I remember Dario, but Dario got hurt. That's by the third. Dang anyway. it! I got walked anyways. Out. But that that's that's what I mean. It's like, do you get caught? You probably wouldn't be in the finals, but you caught in the first round with this issue, right? right. We're like all of a sudden it's a bonus. And let's say Goga, or let's say, yeah, let's say like you have Goga's hurt and supposed to join center. Who's your backup then? And then you're playing like Jakar, who like frankly probably can't do it if you're playing a certain team at a certain yeah. size. Like you draw Milwaukee in the two seven in the first round, you're screwed. Yeah, that's fair. Gorgie Jang is good. He's older. Uh, he he finally learned how to stretch it out um, with his. I think he was with Memphis too this year. I was about to say like he played for like four teams last year, but. He finally learned to stretch out in recent seasons. Shot 43% from deep quietly last season. So uh, 36% for his career now. Hasn't taken very much until recently in his career. But that's a sneaky third center option, although I'm sure he would be sniffing for that backup center spot in San Antonio, another guy, potentially returning his incumbent team. Uh, Alex Len is not good. I don't think he makes a ton of sense, but he started for the Wizards for some reason. I just had to mention his name. All right, we're beating around a little bit of – let me talk about two guys that I think make some sense, if you'll let me. Okay. Yeah. One is Harry Giles. Remember how good he was uh, coming out of high school? Uh, number one prospect, right? Or top five, at least? Uh, two. He was number two recruit okay. in 2016. Wasn't he behind? Oh, uh, was he behind Scal? Scal was also a really high recruit that year. But it was Scal. I know the number one RSCI ranked recruit from 2016. You'll never get it. Okay. Josh Jackson. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Scal was a very high one, too. Remember? Hey, Adam, TJ Leaf was 16th that year. 
Oh, worked out real well for the Pacers. <laughs> Wenyan Gabriel was 13. High school rankings mean nothing. I just saw his name. Harry Giles is interesting to me. He fits a lot of the stuff I've said on this show already. He's young. He's only 23. Uh, only three years in the league. His, he he hasn't, frankly, been, like, awesome, right? There's a reason that he keeps bouncing around and not getting them. <laughs> I like how you say, frankly, not been awesome. I mean, that's that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> well, the Kings should have kept him. Like, his second year, he clearly showed well, something. the Kings had, like, seven centers, though, didn't they? Yeah. He shot better on the basket. He improved at the free throw line. He got better on the glass. And they were like, now nah, we don't want him. Yeah. And then he went to Portland and didn't look as good as he did in years before he didn't play that much. He only played like 10 minutes a game, but you know, that's a kind of guy who like he can, he played the four for the Kings at times next to like Bagley and uh, pop. Did he overlap with Papianis for a year? Uh, but definitely next to Rashawn a few times Kings, and stuff. The Kings are like <laughs> the worst team for centers. They have like 20 of them. It was like, yeah, they're about team with a lot of centers. They're like the worst. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing someone. Another center. That, he played next to Bialica sometimes. Stein played there. Like Collie Stein for a year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's played next to centers. He, he's not like a perimeter skilled player. I don't want to totally talk like, oh my gosh, Harry Giles can play the four. This is awesome. But you know, he's a he's a young guy who will probably take the minimum, be willing to take a smaller role where he could get time and grow. And, and that makes some sense to me just because of you know, there's a higher ceiling on that minimum signing. But that falls in the trap you said of like, if you really need this guy in the playoffs, you can't rely on him at all. Yeah, I mean, the problem is when you get this far down, there's probably no one that actually checks that box. Checks both boxes or checks that box? Checks the box of being if he has to be your backup center in the playoffs that you should can win some series. I mean, or yeah, be confident. it's hard. Probably true. I mean, it's just hard. Alex Lund played center in the playoffs for the Wizards and wasn't, like, embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing, too, we have to remember. It's pretty embarrassing. That's not about the playoffs. It's just, like, it's a matter of who is able to stay healthy that the day. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's like, it's like a war of who just could be the healthiest. I mean, that's what that's what this postseason was, unfortunately, in some ways. And that might be most postseasons, to be honest. That we just don't realize it. Um, but like, yeah, Ooh, I'm not sure. Really, this... Aaron Gomez, we missed. He's a minimum guy for his whole career. He's okay. Yeah, I uh, feel like with this third center spot, if you do it, you like you said, cheapest guy, or maybe you just go with the with the rookie drafting a second round, make him a two way, and that's your third center if you need. To. They already have it. I mean, a Brime on a two way. You could even put Harry Giles on a two way. Yeah, I mean, you could do. Yeah, you can do multiple centers on a two way. I mean, Harry Giles will not take a two way, but you could. Oh, we skipped over the guy who's going to be in the graphic tomorrow because he played very well for the Miami Heat this season. Very well, late season pickup, Dwayne Dedman. Adam, do you know how, uh, what Dwayne Dedman shot from the field this season for the Miami Heat? I, you have no way of knowing this. I have no idea. I mean, I, what's it, 60% from the field? Dwayne Dedman shot four times per game in his 13 minutes and made 71% of his shots this season. That's an impressive number. I wow, guess. yeah. He's had a really weird career where, like, he was, like, bouncing around the league as a young guy and then kind of established himself in Orlando and then was really good for the Spurs. And then the Hawks really wanted him. And then he went to the Kings and we just made fun of the Kings. Well, it was terrible for the Kings. Like, yeah, I just, thought everyone was good at one point. I thought he was like actually like a, like a, yeah, was a good starter, wasn't he? He could shoot, right? Everybody was like, oh, he's a stretch four, right? His two years with the Hawks, he, he shot like three threes a game and was making them. And it was just god awful for the Kings. The Heat scooped him up at the end of last year and he was good. If he'll take the minimum and be your third center, that's a guy who can help you in the playoffs. He was like legitimately good. Yeah, why does any center go to Sacramento? The money, I guess. <laughs> Because, like, it just seems like it's just, like, a way to like, basically ruin your career, but I could be wrong. <laughs> it has not been good. We haven't even said DeMarcus Cousins' name hardly. I am not saying that name. That name is not coming here, and he's honestly yeah, not. Exactly. I, is he even really – like, I feel like he's more a name than actually a player. Like, has, he, has he been good in a, a decade? Anyways, I don't need to. Uh, not for a while. No, six not since, years, probably. Not since years. the Pels. 
Uh, the uh, I have two other guys I want to actually single out for specific reasons. One is Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, excuse me. I do that a million times. Well, they draft his brother, it's going to screw it up, too. I was going to say, maybe they draft his brother and they sign him to a two-way or something. Uh, does he only have three years of experience? He does, yeah. They could sign him to a two-way or even just to a minimum, non-guaranteed deal, whatever. He can play four or five, and it's not embarrassing. He's supposed to be a shooter. He's not, but we'll see what happens. He shot okay from three from deep for Orlando. At the end of the year, that's another one. And the last one. Just for fun. Just for fun. Why not sign Tackle Fall? Just have, I was wondering when you get his name. <laughs> you know, if you're getting, they have a meet a Brian on a two way. If you're going to have a center on a two way, why not a guy who can sell some jerseys, be a fan favorite? I mean, he's not that good. He's super lanky and has. He's back in Boston, right? Yes. He'll probably, I'm, I mean, Brad Stevens loved him. Remember that video of Brad Stevens like hyping up the crowd before he sent in Taco and now yeah. Brad's in charge of decisions. So I have a feeling Brad will bring him back on another two way, but. You know, if uh, if Taco's looking for for other pastures, maybe maybe grab him up. Do you, man, do you think if you're just like that tall, you just like get guaranteed NBA money? Like it doesn't matter what you do, like, <laughs> like you're coordinated or whatnot. You just like you're seven six, just like you you're gonna get. He's had a two year NBA career and he can't like run, so probably. I mean, he doesn't miss like ever when he has the ball. He's so tall, he just he can't ever get his own shot. But when he's open, he like can't miss. So he was like oddly good in college. <laughs> he was good in college. I mean, he wasn't good as probably an open, but he like fit a role. He was for... NBA good. I mean, that's something. But is he really NBA good? Or is he just really tall. Yeah, well, that's that helps him be NBA good. I mean, he scored thirteen <laughs> points a game on seventy percent shooting in the G League. Like that's very impressive. Yeah, you know, you're right. That is he's a... an NBA player. Yeah, borderline probably. He's not a good NBA player, but he's <laughs> he's an NBA. Player. He's an NBA player. There is a key <laughs> distinction there. <laughs> so That's yeah I, I mean the only players we haven't named now are reggie perry who was on a two-way for brooklyn Devonte kaycock who's on a two-way for the lakers uh, i think that's everybody in the list we've said every oh and isaiah hartenstein we haven't said his name now uh he's a minimum guy for the Cavs. he's young i guess that makes some sense as a guy who's young actually yeah you know what he checks a lot of boxes we've talked about he's young he can kind of play your third center role. he was okay for the Cavs. so that's a, a maybe i guess but uh you know He's in the slog of minimum guys. It's just like you shrug and go, okay, sure. Yeah. That's ever been on the list? To me, <laughs> anybody I, stand out to you today? No, to me in the center list, it, it's I just I my default mode is they don't make a move as often, so they're gonna roll with the three centers they got. So like I'm not I too agree. worried about it. If they do make a trade, Harry Giles is the name that stood out to me the most, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, None I of do them wonder really if they just convert one of those forwards we talked about last show, which we just catch on this feed from Monday. Um, to like a center-ish role, right? Like right. Olenek, Portis. They, I mean, they won't be here, but like those. Yeah, that of- makes a lot more. And and even like that's another yeah. thing we keep talking about the third center, but like, the, even if they're the third center, like O'Shea is probably more likely to steal center minutes if there's. An injury Did he play center for a split second when all the guys he are started hurt? and played like forty-five minutes that one okay. game against the Thunder because Jakar was suspended? Remember that? That's right. That was the game where Jak. Wait, what was it against? Who did he do that against the Spurs? Yes, the Spurs. Where he flipped Patty off Mills. against the. You like, did he punch the punch? Uh, no, oh, he wanted to. <laughs> who am I thinking? Who did he punch? What's the guy's name? He didn't punch him. Patty Mills. He didn't. Patty punch Mills. Him. He, he wanted to punch, punch him. He didn't punch him. And he swung him and missed. He was gonna try to, and then he they got they got separated at the free throw. Line. Okay, whatever it was, that was hilarious because it was like when the team was just like kind of flailing, so it was kind of yeah. Fun. That got buried. Greg Foster buried that, but that would have been a moment. That's right. Was Greg Foster the next game after that? No, it was like three games later. But. Okay, and well, then there's all the Berker articles around the same time, so like that's also why it got kind of buried. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like nothing actually happened. You know what I mean? They just yeah. ejected him, and no one got hurt. So no, it was just funny because I remember I was like, I was like, what the heck just happened? That like I, it caught me all off guard. 
Crazy. You know our uh, you know our thoughts on the centers are over when we're reminiscing on a Jakar Samson nothing yeah, on the season of this pitiful last season for the Pacers. So the, the finals ended two days ago for you guys, uh, one day ago for us, which means the season is over. We have one more player season recap to wrap up our version of looking back on 2020-21. That's yep. Karis Levert, the last guy to join, a second to last guy to join the Pacers this season. Wild season for him. Incredible story. I'm excited to hear Adam's thoughts on him. And then next week. It's, I mean, it's been time. We've been covering the offseason and the draft and free agency. Probably not enough, but a little bit uh, enough, I would say. Next week, all offseason, all, every day, because there's craziness going on uh, so fast. The season just ended. The draft is in seven days now, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, and then free agency is just right after that. So it'll be all offseason all the way through for the next two weeks for us, which will be very exciting. And to plug some Locked On content. Uh, the ultimate mock draft is going on, which is one of the coolest things ever. They have like Chad Ford, former ESPN draft insider, uh, grades all the picks. They have the Locked On NBA draft guys grading the picks, as well as another NBA draft podcast called Draft Dummies, who appears on M- Locked On NBA draft a lot. Ryan McDonough, former Suns and Celtics GM, uh, talks about the draft and a lot of the picks on there. Brian Scalabrini is on there talking about some of the picks we picked uh, on yesterday's episode. You can go through all of them. We had a ton of picks that are a ton of trade offers we could have like swaps to go up or down that I'll talk about next week when the whole thing is done, but it's really cool. It's a great way to hear about all the prospects and hear what uh, people who really scout think of. So that was a very long winded plug, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. And as always, you can follow our podcast at locked on Pacers on Twitter. Go follow Tony at T East NBA. Me after Madam five is always bringing podcasts five days a week. So we'll have a podcast for you guys tomorrow. Five more next week until then. We'll see you guys. Then.